Grab the Bible that's in front of you or the one you brought. And let's read a line. There's a line I want to, I hope you'll catch. Psalm 95. Can you find Psalm 95? Right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 95. One line, two verses will get us right up to that line. Psalm 95. Let's pick it up in verse 6. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. And here comes the line now. Here it is. Today, if you hear His voice... I like the way the uh, today's New International Version actually renders this. Today, if only, if only you would hear his voice. Oh, I'm, off the, oh, I'm embarrassed, folks. I, I meant to leave this back in the office. And I got a phone call here. I don't recognize the number. Let me just, uh, let, let me just check this out here. Excuse me just a minute. Hello? Yes? Yeah, yeah, this is he. Uh-huh. You're right, Dwight. <laughs> You're right, right. Dwight Nelson, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct, Dwight K. Nelson. Yeah. What's the case stand for? You know what? It's none of your business. Who is this? <laughs> huh? No way. He, said, he says it's God. <laughs> God, please. Come on, somebody try and pull my leg. Huh? You, 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 you heard me think that yesterday? You did? Oh, boy. All right, sir. I, I mean, Lord, I believe it's you. What's up? <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, well, listen, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, tell Moses I for me. We, we got to go. What, 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 what do you mean, I'm the one who called you? I mean, Lord, please, I would, I would not be calling you right now. We have just begun a sermon. There are a whole lot of people listening at this very What do you mean you insist I called you? There is no way I can memorize an area code that long. I, I would never have done this. Huh? Well, it's true. You're right. We, I was just reading... This is a great timing on your part, God. We were just we were just we were just reading the scripture together. As a matter of fact, we just read the line today. If only you would hear his voice. Oh, that's your point. Ooh. That 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 reading your word is dialing your number. And that if we want to hear your voice, all we have to do is read your word. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell them. I'll tell them. You bet. Thanks so much for calling, God. I stand corrected. You're right. We called you. Thanks so much for letting us call you. Tell Elijah hi. All right. Goodbye. Can you believe that? What timing? We were just getting ready to pray and he calls. I got to turn this out to make sure nobody else calls. Let's get to that prayer we were going to have. Oh, God, isn't that something? We just read the line. Today, if you hear His voice, Holy Father, we really do want 
to hear your voice. Is it true that reading your word is dialing your number? And that if we want to hear your voice, all we have to do is read your word? Oh God, please. Please teach us. We're in a very receptive frame right now. Teach us, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That line is so critical. I wish you would write it down right now. Grab that uh, new study guide that is in your worship bulletin today. Scribble that line down, please. Thank you, ushers, for making sure that everybody here has a study guide. Just hold your hand up. A bunch of you came in with one bulletin. Just hold your hand up. Up in the balcony, in the back. We want to make sure that everybody in the choir has it. Hold your hand up if you don't have a study guide. And those of you watching on television right now, you can get the same study guide we have. In fact, let me put our website on the screen for you. www. There you see it. www.pmchurch.tv You go to that website and then click on to our series. We're doing a series called Hid in My Heart. Today's teaching is entitled An Audience with the Eternal. So you see that there on the website. You click on to An Audience with the Eternal, with the Eternal and you, you will get our study guide. The identical study guide that we are going to fill out right now. So take that study guide. Because I want to make sure that you get that line that we just read a moment ago. In fact, I like the way the today's New International Version renders Psalm 95, verse 7. Would you fill it in, please? Psalm 95, verse 7. Today, if only you would hear. Write in the word hear. If only you would hear His And then write in the word, voice. Today, if only you would hear His voice. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, it's as if God were saying, Today, if only you would hear my voice as you read my word. Which is precisely the point that these sentences written about about a century ago. That's the point they're trying to make. Take a look. Keep, Keep your pen moving because you'll need to fill this out. It's from a little book called My Life Today. A few blanks you need to fill in to make the quotation complete. Let's read it. The Bible is God's voice. Oh, I like that. The Bible is God's voice speaking to us just as surely as if we could hear it with our ears. It's like you could actually hear it. If we realize this, hold on now, with what awe we would open God's Word and with what earnestness we would search its precepts, the reading and contemplation of the Scriptures would be regarded as an, write it in, audience, as an audience with the infinite one, end quote. Hit the pause button right there. Hey, you know what it means to have an audience with someone, don't you? Come on. What does it mean? The next, I, I've got to go to Europe next week to preach a week of prayer over there while you're having a week of prayer here. If I were in London, I would love to have an audience with the queen herself, Queen Elizabeth II. There she is. Hallelujah. Audiences are what you have with a very powerful personage. They are private conversations and moments with someone very famous. You cannot invite yourself to have an audience with a queen. I can't just show up next week in Buckingham Palace or Windsor Castle and say, you know, I'd like to have a cup of tea with the queen. Can I come in? They'd have you out of there so fast and make your head swim. The, 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 the influential, the famous, the powerful personage has to invite you to enter into an audience. You don't set the audience up yourself. That'd be wonderful. The queen would have to be the one to make the invitation. Hey, you American boy, come in here. Let's have a little cup of tea together. And then I'd say, yes, your highness. What we just read 
declares that when we open this book and begin to read the Bible, we must think of it as a personal audience with the most powerful and famous and influential being in the entire universe, the one called the Infinite One, who invites us, by the way, he's making the invitation, who invites us to a private audience with him. Now, let's let that, uh, let that quotation continue. Keep your pen handy. We are to open the Word of God with reverence. And with a sincere desire to know the will of God concerning us. Now, hold on. The heavenly angels. Write that in. You know what the angels are? They are the highest created intelligences in the universe, bar none. The heavenly angels will direct our search. When you open up this book, these beings suddenly cluster around you. They are into your connecting with this audience and God. The heavenly angels will direct our search. Keep writing. God. God speaks. He speaks to us in His Word. We are in the audience chamber of the Most High, in the very presence of God. One more word. Christ enters the heart. Wow. Can you believe that? When you have an audience, when you, when you open up this book, you have an audience with the Father, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with the angels. They all are speaking. They all are drawn into that moment when this book becomes your doorway. Reminds me of Jesus standing in, where is it, in the book of Revelation? Jesus, Revelation chapter 3. Behold, I stand at the door and, how's it go? I stand at the door and... Knock. If anyone hears my voice, let her open the door. Let him open the door. I'll come in. You've got to open the book to get the audience, see? An audience with the eternal. A private, personal audience with the most powerful being in the universe. Every single time I pick up this book. You know what, folks? I have a feeling. If we remembered that we had that audience, there would be two realities that would be true for us every single time. Would you jot these down? Number one, this would be a reality if we, we remembered an audience. Number one, we'd sure read the book a lot more. The President of the United States has been taking a hit lately in the public's approval ratings. But I tell you what, if he called me on the cell and said, Hey Dwight, I'm going to be in southwestern Michigan. Do you mind if I drop by and you and I just have a little private conversation together? I'd say, Yes, sir. And I tell everybody in the world, I'm going to have a private audience with the president. We're not talking about an audience here with any puny little president on earth. We're talking about an audience with the most high God. The one whose very words spoke an entire universe into existence. And he says, I want an audience. I want an audience with you. You say, nah, no, he doesn't say that. Well, yes, he does. Take a look at this. Let's put these words on the screen. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of his wisdom. Let not the strong boast of her strength or the rich boast of his riches. But let him who boasts. You want to write home about something? Let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. It, I am the Lord. Let him who boasts, let her boast that she knows me. By the way, the Hebrew word for know there, the Hebrew word is yada. It's the most intimate word that they use in the Hebrew in the Old Testament because it's the word that describes a physical relationship between a husband and a wife. In the Bible it says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she became pregnant. 
God takes that word and He says, that's what I want. I want a private audience with you. I want to go one-on-one with you. Don't you tell me God doesn't want an audience with you. And that's not only true, by the way, in the Old Testament. Take a look at this in the New Testament. The night before Jesus died, John 17, 3, He's speaking. Now, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? If I would remember that, you bet I would read the Bible a whole lot more. In fact, I have a feeling I'd let a whole lot of the other reading that I do drop off. Those hours every week with newspapers and news weeklies. Why would I spend as much time? Look at Why would fiction be addictive to me if I could have a real-life encounter with a living God just by picking this book up and reading it? Come on. You're talking about virtual reality. There's no virtual reality here. This is one-on-one with the big God of the universe. I have a feeling that if I would remember an audience with the eternal, if I would remember that, There'd be two realities present every time. Reality number one, you just wrote it down. We would read the book a lot more. And reality number two, keep writing. We'd sure read the book a lot more carefully and prayerfully. Right in those two words. Some months ago, Karen and I were cleaning out our garage, which for two pack rats is a perennial necessity. You always got to be doing it. And we came across a cardboard box stuffed with our love letters to each other when we were back in college. Hallelujah. We, did, we, we didn't have email back then. In fact, they had just invented electricity. And so we were... <laughs> and so every letter, every love letter, every, every love note, every card was handwritten. Sweet little nothings at the tip of a big pen. <sighs> Do you think we threw that box away? Are you kidding? Our children will want to read those love letters one day, and then they'll throw them away after we're gone. We know. There is something precious. There is something personal about a love letter. Jesus challenged the Pharisees once. By the way, let me tell you about these Pharisees. They wore their memory verses in church-approved jewelry called phylacteries. Bracelets, bandlets. The only approved jewelry was you had to wear your memory verse. Jesus had a word to them. Look at this, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Verse 39, Jesus speaking to you, you memory verse hounds and heroes. You diligently study the Scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. I want to tell you something. It's not the paper. These Scriptures, these are the Scriptures that testify about me. That's what makes the book saving. In fact, keep your pen moving. The book is a love letter from your Creator all about your Savior. That's what makes the book so special. Keep writing, by the way, which is why it is so essential that before you read this word, you talk, you talk to its author. Every time you pick the book up, talk to the author. From the Christian classic, Steps to Christ, this line, fill it in. Never should the Bible be studied without prayer. There it is. Never. Before opening its pages, we should ask for the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. And I love this. And it will be given. You're going to get what you need. 
Hey, there isn't an author alive who doesn't love to talk about her book. I was at the library this, uh, this last week. We, we had at the James White Library something called Library Fair. Did you hear about that? And I'm watching Mary Jones, one of our professors who has written this marvelous history of Andrews University. And I watched her face when, when people, students would come up to her and say, hey, I want to know about this book. She was just beaming. Why? Because there isn't an author alive who doesn't love to explain what he's written to somebody who's, who would like to know. Can you imagine that God would be any different? If you go to God every time you pick up that book and you say, Author, God, would you help me to know what I am now going to read? Man, this grin, a universe long is on his face. And he said, glad you asked. Sure, I'll help you. You'll be ushered in to an audience. No kidding. An audience with the eternal. And by the way, an audience that will leave you never the same again. Never, never, never. I promised this last week to you. Last week, I promised you that this week I would share with you some phenomenal benefits that come to you when you read this book. Seven powerful benefits every time you read, study, or memorize Holy Scripture. I want you to jot these down. I want to share this with you and then I'll sit down. Seven phenomenal benefits. You ready? Grab that pen. You're going to be blessed. Every time you pick up this book, you're going to be blessed in these seven ways. Number one, you will be blessed physically. Would you write that down, please? You will be blessed physically. Remember the story of the four captive young adults who, who didn't... Who, when they were taken captive, by the way, they did not even... Did they? They did not even have a pocket Bible, as I recall. No Bible at all. They're taken captive. Four young adults. Remember that story? Let me refresh your memory by inviting you to go with me to uh, the book of Daniel. Go to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. A lot of people know this story, but I want you to go back for a moment. Notice what's happening. Daniel chapter 1, we'll pick it up in verse 5. They've been, I don't know, what are they, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, somewhere in that age, they've been taken captive to, the, to an enemy kingdom. The enemy king comes to them in verse 5. Look at verse 5. The king assigned them, these captives, a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Okay, intoxicating, alcoholic beverages, and unclean foods. Daniel looks at the potluck table, and in verse 8, he makes a decision. Daniel resolved, verse 8, not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now drop down to verse 12. Here's Daniel speaking. Please, test your servants. All right, he's got, there are four young adults here, your age. Please, test your servants for ten days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Verse 14. And so the chief official agreed to this and tested them for ten days. And here comes the punchline, verse 15. And at the end of ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. What's the point? When you obey and read the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you physically. Let me just run some one-liners by you. For the rest of this, this teaching, I'm going to run one-liners by you. Here's the first one-liner. Isn't this something? Prayer and a study of the Word. This was written to a physician, by the way. Prayer and a study of the Word can bring life and health to the soul. Isn't that great? You have this in your study guide. 
How many here would like to have more energy? You would love to have more energy. If I just had more energy. Keep that hand up and read the next one-liner. The study of the Bible in our schools will give the students special advantages. Those who receive into their hearts the holy principles of truth will work with increasing energy. Hallelujah. Not decreasing. Increasing energy. The point When you read and obey the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you physically. It will also powerfully benefit you, write it down, academically. Here's number two. Phenomenal benefit number two. It will bless you academically. Remember that story about Daniel and the four young adults? You remember how the story ends? You forgot? Let me read it to you. You still have your Bible open to Daniel 1. Just drop down to verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Verse 18. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them in, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. Hold on. Now, here it comes. Verse 19. And the king talked with these four young adults. And he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Now, the punchline. Verse 20. In Every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Wow! Ten times. Listen, look, look, look at this one-liner. As an educating power. You see that? As an educating power, the Bible is without rival. Nothing will so impart vigor to all the faculties as an effort to grasp the stupendous truths of Revelation. By the way, that faculties is not just your mental faculties. I want to talk about the faculties who are right here. The faculties of the various schools. Let me tell you something, professor. Nothing. Nothing will give you the intellectual acuity that you need more powerfully than your own immersion day after day after day in Holy Scripture. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, look at this one-liner. We had the dean of the School of Education, Jim Jeffrey, in first service, sitting right there with his wife, Donna. Look at this line. The Word of God is the most perfect educational book in the world. Used as a, here's, here's, the, here's another one-liner. Used as a textbook in our schools, the Bible will do for mind and morals what cannot be done by books of science and philosophy. Hey, now, now listen, folks. I'm not telling you to go to your professor this next Monday and say, listen, I'm throwing out all the textbooks. I'm sticking with the Bible. Nobody's making that point at all. But I'll tell you this. I don't care how... Those books are getting pretty expensive these days. Have you noticed? I don't care how expensive the book is that you've been assigned, no matter how powerful that academic tome is, it will never have the life-changing impact on you like this humble little black-covered volume called Holy Scripture. Because when you open this, it's a door to God's heart. All right. Whoa, what's the point? The point is when you obey What you read in the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you academically. Here comes number three. It will also powerfully benefit you mentally. Now, these are close, but I'm going to show you some empirical evidence. How would you like to be at the top of the top of your class? Wouldn't you like to be on the top at the top of your class? Just ask Daniel. He knows all about being at the top. How would you like to be wiser than your professors? Just ask David. Just ask David. I want you to see this. You're not sure that this is in the Bible. It really is. Psalm 119, the middle, the middle of the, your Bible. Just go to the middle of your Bible. 
I could have you read this on the screen, but I want you to read it in your own book. Psalm 119, verse 97. I'm in the NIV. I've memorized these words from the King James Version. Don't ask me to do it because I'll go blank the moment you do. So let's just read it in the NIV, huh? Psalm 119.97, Oh, how I love your law. The, the Hebrew word here is Torah. It means the written revelation of God. Oh, how I love it. I meditate on it all day long. David writing, verse 98, Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Here you go, verse 99. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. That verse is not to make you a smart aleck in class next week. That verse is simply to remind you. The Bible is absolutely clear. The Word of God says there is a wisdom edge to the mind that chooses to go deep with God in Holy Scripture. You're in trouble because your professor also has that edge on you because of studying the Bible. So you'll never catch up with your professor. Don't even try. The point is, there is a reciprocal mental intellectual effect Oh, you want to see, you, you want some, oh boy, look at this one-liner. He who gives Scripture close prayerful attention will gain clear, compre- clear comprehension and sound judgment as if in turning to God he had reached a higher grade of intelligence. That's about as close to say, you know what, you want to raise your IQ. No, it's not, that is not what it's saying. But it's as if you had a higher grade of intelligence because you are immersed in this audience with the eternal I had a young freshman co-ed come up to me after House of Prayer. By the way, I am amazed at how many of you are coming to House of Prayer. I, am ama- I just praise God. I just praise God. God is doing something in our midst. I'm so proud of all of you who are saying, look, I, I can hide God's Word in my heart. I want to take this memorization seminar. We're taking a Wednesday off for a week of prayer this next week. The very next Wednesday, we're right back on. The very next Wednesday. Anyway, I had a young freshman co-ed come up to me after House of Prayer, met me right down here at the front, and she said, you know something, Pastor? I feel like I'm not cutting it mentally. I'm feeling overwhelmed with my classes. What can I do? I said, first of all, welcome to being a freshman. Wait to become a sophomore. You know what sophomore means? Wise fool in Greek. So enjoy your time as a freshman. And then secondly, I said, you know what you need, young lady? You know what you need? You need to begin memorizing Scripture. It will deepen your grasp intellectually. In fact, do you know this? That memorizing Scripture will empower your memorization for all your classes, all your career reading that you do? A couple more one-liners. Here they go. The Bible, just as it reads, needs to be our guide. Nothing is so calculated to enlarge the mind and strengthen the intellect as the study of the Bible. Now, here comes this one on memorization. Hold on. Another one-liner. Let the more important passages of Scripture be committed to memory, not as a task, but as a privilege. Though at first... Hold on now. Some of you are not quite as young as the uh, university students here. Though at first the memory may be defective, it will gain strength by exercise. Now, let me share with you some research. The Journal of the American Medical Association. All right? A rather prestigious journal in the United States. The Journal of the American Medical Association describes the National Institute of Aging Study and found that, and may I put the words on the screen for you? You have them in your study guide and you're going to have to fill it in to make it complete. They found that adults who regularly participate in intellectually stimulating activities such as memorization, I'm adding that, 
such as memorization. Adults now may reduce their risk of developing dementia such as Alzheimer's disease by as much as, hold on now, by as much as 47%. Memorizing is not only good for the young mind, it is beneficial for the aging mind. Oh my, you know what? So I'm doing it. I said, my mind really needs some help. And so I got this little Walmart thing, this little notebook for 67 cents at Walmart. And what I'm doing, I'm writing those texts down. As I read, as I study, I'm just writing down. I say, oh, I'd like to memorize that. Why? Because I need to get my mind to go deeper into the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 130. I like this. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Study of God's Word will actually raise your ability to grasp intellectually the great themes of life. Wow. Let me share one more. The Bible is the best book in the world for giving intellectual culture. Look at this. Its study taxes the mind, strengthens the memory, and sharpens the intellect more than the study of all the subjects that human philosophy embraces. Point, the point, simple. When I read and obey the Bible, it will powerfully benefit me mentally. It will also powerfully benefit me, write it down, socially. It will benefit me socially. Keep your pen there. The Bible can help you find, write in the word find, your life companion. Did you know that the Bible teaches we are led by three sources? And if you will be led by these three sources... You will be led to God's choice for your life companion. What are those three sources? You see me afterwards and I'll give them to you. All right? Number one, the Bible can help you find your life companion. And jot this down. The Bible can help you keep, keep your life companion. The Bible lists six great principles for a marriage to remain in love all its life. I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, we're not, talking about, we're not talking about Shakespeare here. We're not talking about the farmer's almanac here. We're dealing with an audience, with Almighty God Himself, who says, I'll take care of you. You give me your life, sister. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you the whole way. Wow. All right. The point is, when you read and obey the Bible, it will benefit you powerfully. It will benefit you socially. And keep writing, it will benefit you, number five, financially. Write that down. You follow the Word of God and you will experience financial security like you never have before. Take a look at this well-known text, but you've forgotten the promise at the end of it. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and hold on to your pew now and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. God's going to take care of you financially. Most people don't remember this line, but this is another one-liner from a hundred years ago. Look at this. Whenever God's people in any period of the world have acknowledged the claims of God and complied with His requirements, honoring Him with their substance, their barns were filled with plenty. End quote. The point? When you obey what you read in the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you financially. It will also powerfully benefit you professionally. Write that in. Professionally. Next to the last one. Professionally. Here's a promise to remember. I tell you what, it's, I'm, I'm claiming this promise for me. 
I hope you're not appropriating it only for yourself. Let the youth. I know it says let the youth, but you know what? I'm claiming it too. Let us take the Bible as our guide and stand like a rock for principle. And we can, hold on now, we can aspire to any height of attainment. There is no limit to the knowledge that we may reach. You may aspire as you wish, but there will always be an infinity beyond. When you take this book, you ain't seen nothing yet in your life. I know as a young adult, your dreams are coming true. Hallelujah. Praise God. You haven't seen anything yet. Some of you right now are beyond young adult status and you're saying, come on, Dwight, my life is on a downward spiral. Everything's turning to dust. Ah, my friend, don't you believe for a moment that that is God's last word to you? You can aspire. You can dream. You can dream for higher than that. You can dream. You can dream. There's an infinity beyond. Your career just washed up. My profession is over. Don't you worry. God has plan B. And sometimes plan B is better than plan A. He just needed you to run out of A before he could get to B. Don't you ever, ever, ever give up. Not with this book. Not with an audience with the eternal. He's going to take care of you. Trust me. He'll take care of you. What's the point? The point is when you read and obey the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you professionally. Number seven, the best is the last. Number seven, it will also powerfully benefit you spiritually. Not going to put the verse on the screen. Say it out loud with me. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's it. Look at this one-liner. I love this one. Received into the soul, the Word of God will prove a mighty barricade against temptation. Some of you have been really getting hit lately. I know. You've talked to me. You have really been getting hit lately. You need a wall to keep that enemy at bay. Nothing will be more powerful a barricade for you than Holy Scripture. Look at this other one-liner. Oh, talking about a powerhouse. Look at this one. Oh, this is great. You can fight against the enemy, not in your own strength, but in the strength God is ever ready to give you. Hallelujah. Watch this. Trusting in His Word, you will never say, I can't. Isn't that good? You never. You never say, I can't. I can't do this. I can't succeed. I can't overcome. I can't be victorious. Don't you ever say, I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it all in Christ with His Word speaking to your mind. You can. You can go higher than anybody has ever gone in the human race before. You and God and this book. Wow. And by the way, This is one of the most dynamic victory promises I have ever read. And you're now going to read it. I'm going to read it in your hearing. In the Bible's power, listen to this. In the Bible's power, men and women have broken the chains of sinful habits. Some of you right now, it's a ball and chain. You can't break yourself free. That habit is so tight. Look at this. In the Bible's power, men and women have broken the chains of sinful habit. They have renounced selfishness. The profane have become reverent. The drunken, sober, the profligate, that would be the immoral, have become pure. All of the souls that have borne the likeness of Satan have been transformed into the image of God. 
This change is itself the miracle of miracles. A change wrought by the Word. It is one of the deepest mysteries of the Word. I can't explain it to you. I had a man sitting here in first church. I watched him fight the demon of alcohol. I cannot explain it to you how in the middle of his middle age, this book shattered the power of alcohol in his life. And he is as free as you can humanly be from that addiction. I can't explain it to you. It is one of the great miracles of miracles. How can you explain it? Is there some, is there some little magic? Is there magic in this paper? There's no magic in the paper. It's the paper that gets you to the God of the universe who has the power to set you free. That's it. But you have to open the book. You have to have an audience with Him. Ask Him when you're alone with Him. God, is there any power left for me? He'll take care of you. Trust me. If He doesn't, you come and tell me. I'll deal with Him. You tell me. He'll take care of you. One more one-liner and then I'll sit down. The Bible fully received and studied as the voice of God tells the human family how to reach the abodes of eternal happiness and secure the treasures of heaven. The point, when you obey what you read in the Bible, it will powerfully benefit you spiritually. It will take you to Jesus. It will take you all the way to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. What do you say? Hallelujah. Amen. What do you say? Amen. I want to end with a story. Let me end with a story. It's one of the shortest and most poignant stories to come out of the tragedy of Hurricane Katrina. A few days after that storm ravaged Louisiana and tore, and that's the great heartache going on now, it tore families apart. A few days afterwards, a crude hand-painted sign appeared along the highway north of New Orleans. It simply read... Emily, call Dad with a phone number scrawled beneath those words. Emily, Emily, call Dad. A heartbroken father separated from his little girl, begging, begging her to find him. There is today another heartbroken father who begs his lost earth children to call him. Emily, call Dad. Words writ large in blood on an old rugged cross. Words in between every line of this old rugged book. Emily, call Dad. I am Emily. I'm Emily. And so are you. And in my hands is the only book on earth that can connect us to our Father in heaven forever and ever. Amen. Oh, God. An audience with the eternal. Could it be any simpler, any easier to connect with the most famous and powerful and influential being in the universe. Father, forgive me. I have treated this book as just another good book. Oh God, please, for this university, for Michiana, for us, 
create in our hearts a new, a new love for Holy Scripture. Draw us 24-7 over and over again to these crinkly pages. And through those pages, may we hear Your voice speak to our minds and our hearts. Oh God, Your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path for which we will thank You forever and ever. Amen.